Daniel chapter 11. I will pick up our reading from verse 40. Daniel 11 and verse 40. <clears throat> At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall also enter the glorious lands, and many countries shall be overthrown. But they shall escape from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver, and over all the precious things in Egypt. Also, the Libyans and Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. But many from the east and the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go out with great fury to destroy and to annihilate many. And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and no one will help him. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to the time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and forever. But you, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. May God be pleased to bless you know, his words to us as we come to meditate upon um, that portion that we've just read. Yes, um, Daniel and chapter 11. Next time we will finish the book of Daniel. But for now, we are going to look at this um, you know, chapter. And then chapter 12 introduces us to the end of the world. In chapter 10, the Lord appeared to Daniel and gave him a vision of the events of history for several years to come. But now, the Lord now gives Daniel a vision of what will happen you know, during the last days. Chapter 12, verses 1 to 4, 
and apart of that um, revelation of um, the end of time. The, this is the section we are going to be looking at today this evening, chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Now, the issue of the end of the world mentions Israel, but it is not exclusively about Israel. In chapter 12 and verse 1, the angel of the Lord you know, gave Daniel a vision and said twice, your people. It says in verse 1, at that time Michael shall stand up and the great prince will stand you know, to watch you know, the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since you know, uh, there was a nation. Even to that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered. And so God makes quite clear to Daniel you know, that um, you know, what will happen you know, to his people. Now, throughout the book of Daniel, if you've been following very closely, you'll notice that Daniel was concerned about three things. He was concerned about Jerusalem, he was concerned about the temple, and he was concerned about his people. Those were the burdens that he carried, you know, throughout, you know, right from the word go. When we met him as a young lad of 14 in chapter 1, he carried that burden all the way through. He's now 86 years old, and he's still carrying that burden. And so we find him in chapter 9, you know, praying, fasting, and wearing sackcloth for his people because of the situation in Jerusalem. Now, in this vision that um, the angel gives him about the end of time, the angel talks about the end of the world. He also pointed out to Daniel what will happen to his people to keep his mind at rest. Now, from verse 40 of uh, chapter 11 to verse 4 of chapter 12 that we've just read, you know, we told of the events that will assign the end of the world. Chapter 12 starts with the words, at that time. That time referred to the events recorded in chapter 11, a chapter dominated by Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a symbol of the Antichrist. In that chapter, Antiochus reigned, occupied more space than all that went before. It was a time of dreadful trial for many nations, and especially the Jewish people. It is symbolical of the great tribulation that the Antichrist will unleash on the world, especially on Christians and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 12 verse 1 tells us that at that time of the end, there shall be a time of great trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. This could be taken to refer to the Jewish nation as meaning that her trouble would be greater than any that has um, occurred you know, during its history. The trouble that came upon the nation of Israel under Antiochus Epiphanes surpassed any that they ever experienced. But the distress mentioned here is far greater than that of Antiochus. It refers to a more general sense to all nations or to any nations. It reminds us that there will be a very terrible period of world history with all these horrors for God's people. The Lord Jesus Christ himself described this time 
in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24 and verse 21. For there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until now, and never will be. Be dreadful, dreadful time. So towards the end of the world, there's going to be you know, tremendous upheaval and um, difficulties for the Lord's people. At that time of the trouble, we told in verse 1 still that the archangel Michael shall stand up for the children of Israel. Michael was the guardian angel of the nation of Israel who was appointed to watch over his interest and would at that time of the great trouble intervene and aid them. The statement, however, is not limited to Israel. No, at the time of the trouble, all hell will be let loose. And the forces of evil will unleash themselves in a desperate fury against all the saints and against the church of Jesus Christ. At the very time when the troubles and distress are at their height, such as no nation has ever experienced, the archangel Gabriel will stand up to protect the people of God to deliver them. The Lord tells Daniel, at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. At the time of this persecution, many shall fall. But your people who are written in the book shall be delivered. The angel tells Daniel. Likewise, all of God's people you know, shall come through the great distress that we've talked about earlier on, the great distress that will come you know, upon the world. The lost people shall come you know, through you know, this time of distress and despair. You know, the lost people shall escape you know, through the mercy of God. The names of God's people are written in a book. You know, we are told. It says there, at that time your people shall be delivered everyone who is found written in that book. Also, it means the names of God's people everywhere shall be, you know, you know, shall be found written in a book. Now when we talk about God's people, I want to be very specific you know, here because um, I don't want anyone to misunderstand, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. God's people are not necessarily churchgoers. There are many people that go to church but don't know God. There are many people that have been going to church for years and years and years and years and they have no knowledge at all about, you know, um, about Christ. They have no, they have no um, assurance of forgiveness and so on. God's people are people that realize that they are sinners. They are people that realize that there's nothing they can do about their sins, that no amount of good deeds or good works or church attendance or church affiliation you know, will do anything for them. These are people that you know, recognize that Christ has come and has paid you know, the price for their sins and they have cast themselves upon the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ has forgiven them, has changed them, has given them a new nature and now they are walking with God. That's what I mean when I talk about you know, the people of God. I don't want anyone you know, to be in any doubt at all as to what I mean. I don't want to give anyone a false assurance. No, for what we're talking about here is very, very serious. Very serious issue. I don't want anyone 
to be esteemed in doubt at all as to who God's people are. These are the elect, the true people of God, whom Satan can never destroy. It is in that book that Jesus referred when he said to the disciples after they've come back from a successful relocating expedition. He says to them in Luke chapter 10 and verse 20, Do not rejoice in this that the aim and the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's what you should rejoice about. The apostle, the apostle John, in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 15, also referred to that book when he wrote about the last judgment. And whosoever was not found written in that book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So there is a book. There is a book with, a name, with names written on, you know, uh, um, in that book. So only one book with names written. In that book. That book has been written from eternity past. The names there, you know, um, <clears throat> they cannot, you know, be updated, they cannot be revised. It's been written from eternity past. Nothing can change anything at all in that book. John chapter 6, verse 37, you know, tells us of the people that are written in that book. Let's look at it together. John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and then verse 37. And this is the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking. He says in verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, or who is coming to me, I will by no means cast out. All those people that God had given Christ will come to him. Nothing at all will stop them coming to him. There's no force, not even the devil can stop them you know, coming to him. Verse 39, this is the will of my Father who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing but raise it up on the last day. All those that are given to Christ, that they are you know, one company. That's why the Lord says, I should raise it up on the last day. These are the people whose names are written in that book that um, Daniel, that's what the angel you know, speaks to Daniel about. <clears throat> These are the sheep for whom the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life. It is these people whose names are recorded in heaven who are going to enjoy the glorious deliverance mentioned in verse 1 of chapter 12 of Daniel. At the end, at the end of the world, nothing matters. Nothing at all matters. This is serious, serious stuff. Nothing matters except whether our names are in that book or not. Our reputation and our achievements, we will become meaningless and of no consequence whatsoever. They will be unimportant. Our houses and our cars, our designer clothes, our expensive jewelry, our paintings of money and whatever, the yachts and so on, all these things will, be, will have been destroyed. They will mean absolutely nothing at that time. Our only acceptance 
We accepted a God that would matter. So all that matters at the end of the world. This is why we preach the gospel. This is why we appeal to sinners to turn to Christ before it is too late. This is why we come and we beg and we plead and we do all that is necessary. We illustrate, you know, we, 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 we create examples and so on to make people understand that we might even see the importance of what we are saying. That your life, you know, has you know, purpose and has meaning. And that meaning and that purpose is rooted in Christ. To not be in Christ is to perish. And that is what gives every preacher a very heavy heart. It's a terrible thing to die without Christ. But then we may return in verse 2 of Daniel chapter 12 that there will be a resurrection. There will be a resurrection. We find in chapter 11 and verse 45 that idolatrous life, you know, came to an end. Now, towards the end of the world, the Antichrist would have been overthrown and the Lord would descend from heaven with a shout, with a command of um, an archangel and the voice of, you know, God's trumpet, as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. It is then that the resurrection mentioned in verse 2, you know, will take place. And it says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. There will be the resurrection. Life will not go on forever in this world, no. There are people that are running here, there and everywhere, wanting to protect, you know, this world and so on. It's not going to last forever. No, a day will come when God will add everything up. There will be resurrection. It is then that um, you and I will face Almighty God. He says, as many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame and contempt. John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, you know, um, again, you know, tells us you know, about that. Whenever the dead was laid, it will be up its dead. Even those who died at sea will be summoned to get up its dead. Its dead. John, as I said, you know, um, you know, tells us that it doesn't matter, you know, um, when we die, we all will be raised. There's no escaping the resurrection. There's no escaping it. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. God will bring it about. So do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave will hear his voice, and they will come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resur resurrection of contempt. So everyone will be raised. 
no human being will be missing on that day. Every single person has ever lived will gather before the Lord Jesus Christ on that day, on that day of resurrection. You know, because you know, that day will be followed you know, by the judgment. We read in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 13 that the sea gave up its dead who were in it. So it doesn't matter you know, where somebody you know, lies after, you know, after the death and you know, they will have you know, to be resurrected. They will be resurrected. It tells us in our text that uh, many, it says, it uses the word many. And that many does not mean just a few. It means all. It means the whole. Many of those who are asleep, it says, is used here in an absolute sense to refer to a general resurrection of the dead on the last day. He describes a multitude, a great number. The Lord Jesus Christ taught us about the resurrection. That resurrection will take place. When Lazarus died, you know, he went there and he spoke to Martha and he said to, you know, to her, you know, I am the resurrection and the life. Don't worry, your brother will be raised again. You know, he tells her. You know, he teaches about the resurrection. And that resurrection will be followed by the final judgment. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after that comes the judgment. We will all face the judgment. We cannot escape it. It is not possible to escape. God is a just God. And God must meet out to us you know, our just desert. And that will happen on the last day, the day of judgment. It will be an occasion when men's past will be revealed. Their secret thoughts will be exposed. You know, their true character will be made known. Paul, writing to the Romans, tells them in Romans chapter 2 and verse 16, he says, On that day, according to my gospel, God judges the secret of men's heart by Jesus Christ. This is the same gospel that we preach today. God will judge people you know, um, who have heard the gospel and um, whether they accept it or not, they will face God on that day. And it will, be, it will result in justice for all. Now we see much injustice all around us. Sometimes people say to me, oh, somebody, somebody such and such, you know, did such and such, and they got away with it. No, they haven't got away with it. They haven't got away with it. God has kept a record of it all. God has kept a record of it all. And on that day, they will face you know, God, and they will get their just desert. And God will judge with equity because he's the all-seeing and all-knowing God. He doesn't need a, you know, a, you, know, f you wouldn't need, you know, a, a jury to be convinced. No. He knows everything. Everything should be recorded. And everything will be made clear on that day. And we're told that, um, you know, those, you know, there will be those who will rise unto everlasting life. They will be risen to everlasting life. And um, every, every human being you know, will get their just desert on that day. There will be two classes of people. 
My first point was chapter 25. You know, tells us you know, about this great day. Maybe we should turn to it so we can see you know, what uh, is actually says. Matthew chapter 25. And um, <clears throat> verse 31 says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. All the nations means every single individual that's ever lived will be gathered you know, before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left hand. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the kingdom, from the foundation of the world. And so those people on Christ's right hand you know, will go into everlasting life. And there will be those who realize that they, you know, they were sinners and they trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation. They will live forever, no more to die. In that place where there's no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more tears, no more death. This is a great reward that awaits them. This is the reason the book of Daniel was written. It was written to encourage Christians in their struggles, in their fights, in, you know, in, their, um, you know, in their difficulties, to encourage them that um, it will not go on forever. It will come to an end someday. And at the end of it, there's a reward that awaits you know, them. That's why the book of Daniel was written. But then we told that there will be those who will go into everlasting shame and contempt. You know, still in Matthew chapter 25, we read in verse 31, it says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. What a terrible, terrible thing to hear on that day. Depart from me. Those are words of condemnation. Those are words of banishment, you know, from God's presence for the rest of eternity in hell. And these people are those who rejected the gospel, who are determined to go their own way and do their own thing, despite constant pleas to come to Christ. They rejected Christ, you know, during their lifetime. They rejected his sacrifice for sins. They trampled under his blood, upon his blood, and so on. These people, we told, will suffer eternal shame and contempt. Not just shame and contempt, but eternal, everlasting shame and contempt. This implies the most brutal suffering, more terrible than physical torture. They will suffer all this in their time. And that suffering will be for all eternity. I can't believe, I can't even begin to, begin to describe to you how that makes me feel. I can't tell you how that makes me feel as a preacher. 
are heartbroken about it all. To think that somebody will spend the rest of eternity in hell. No respite. No coming out. In pain, in torture, day and night. What a terrible, terrible thing it is. <coughs> I beg you, if you don't know Christ, turn to Him today. Turn to Him today. Why? Why will you perish? Why will you perish? Salvation is free. Christ has paid the price. Everything has been done. It's offered to you free of charge. Why will you not come? Why will you not take it? Why will you perish? Come to Christ today. I beg you. This might be your last time to hear this message. You don't want to hear on that day the Lord Jesus Christ said to you, Depart from me. You will crash into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The angel said, Not only will they cast into everlasting fire, they will suffer shame and contempt. They will suffer dishonor for their sins, their misconduct, their deeds that are evil, their folly in this world. They will rise to shame, but to everlasting contempt. They will, you know, they will repulse you in every way. And the resurrection and the judgment will show that some people were wise according to Daniel 28, Daniel chapter 12. We told that some people, you know, were wise. <clears throat> and then some people were wise um, you know, during that time. And it tells us in verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Who are these people? We get a good glimpse of them in chapter 11 and verse 33. You know, during the terrible period of Antiochus, making life difficult for everyone, during that you know, terrible dark times, we told in verse 33, there are those who understand and shall instruct many. They shall instruct many. Those who went about the people instructing them in the truth of God and true religion in the very dark days of this evil man. They did everything in their power to spread the truth you know, uh, of the gospel, thereby the danger that they faced. They spread the gospel, they spread true religion. They were imprisoned, they were tortured, you know, some were killed, they turned many righteousness by their teaching. God says that these people were wise. In the same way, during the, the final days of the world, there will be those who will be wise, people who turn many to righteousness. This refers to those who saw the need, the real need of men, their spiritual need, and understand the truth of the gospel as a means to meet their spiritual needs. Through their teaching, they will persuade men to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, to turn to worship the true God. 
who turn them to the ways of true religion. They will first have to seek less, but they will continue with the work of preaching the gospel. When Satan unleashes all of his fury against them, they will not give up, but they will continue. The wise does not apply merely you know, to protest the gospel and to missionaries who take the gospel you know, far and wide. But it will apply to Sunday school teachers. It will apply you know, to youth workers. You know, it will apply to those who have been the means of bringing sinners to knowledge of the truth. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we told that you know, we are witnesses for Christ. We are witnesses for Christ. And we are to take the gospel with us wherever you know, we go. You may not be a preacher you know, during that time, but if you are a witness in your office, in your school, in your neighborhood, in the hospital, wherever God places you at that time, if you are if you're witnessed by your life and your lips and so on, you know, God uses to turn people from their ways to Christ, then we will be accounted as wise. We all you know, will have the opportunity to do that. The wise who are successful in turning the righteous, turning people to righteousness, will be rewarded with peculiar honor, we told. They shall shine, the Bible says, you know, as stars forever. There will be recognition of their worthy service, their toils, their sacrifice and their success. They shall, be, they shall continue to be distinguished and be honored for all eternity. They kept the light shining in the dark period. And so God will reward them. They shall shine as stars. The wise are usually not appreciated. People who see the need and to do something about it are usually not appreciated. Even in, um, even in the last century and so on, there are lots of people that um, you know, saw the need, the real need of people, and decided to do something about it. People didn't appreciate them. Take a man like Dr. Ray Jones, a great, you know, very prominent surgeon, a man that you know, was you know, rising to the top of his profession. One day, he gave up to preach the gospel. Imagine that at that time, people thought they were, he must you know, have lost it. That something must have happened to him. That he's been brainwashed to you know, say all manner of things against him. But he knew exactly what he was doing. And thank God, through his, through his work, many were turned to righteousness. A man like Henry Martin, a brilliant you know, Cambridge scholar, a man that would have got to the top of his profession, planning everything, and went all the way to India to preach the gospel. He eventually you know, perished in Arabia. Now others, David Bernard, what a man, what a character. A man that went to the American Indians and spent year, you know, a few years with them. He died at the age of 29. But oh, you know, what he accomplished you know, during his lifetime is almost incredible. Incredible man. People would think that people like that, that somehow there was something wrong with them. You know, giving up you know, a, you know, very you know, prosperous career 
Let them go and preach the gospel, they say. What a waste of time. What a waste of life, they say. But it's no waste of life at all. It's no waste of life at all. There's nothing better to be doing than to try and win men and women for Christ. I still remember very vividly the day I told my dad, and I told my dad that I was going to the ministry. Oh no! You know, the, the thing just went silent. And I didn't hear from him for a long time. He couldn't accept it. I was an full engineering student at that time. You know, now I've, I've just left my full engineering um, in, a, um, in a course that I was doing. And he didn't like it at all. You know, he was very proud that I was um, you know, doing civil engineering. He wanted my brother to be an architect and so on. He's got all these aspirations for all of us and so on. But I can assure you, there's nothing better in life that I could be doing than what I'm doing now. And I want to encourage you all. Wherever God puts you, wherever God puts you, be a witness in that situation. Wherever it is, at work, wherever, you know, seek to turn many into Christ. There's nothing better than that. You might not be appreciated, but don't worry about it. I think in the last day, you'll realize that you were wise. That you chose the better part. You will never lose your reward. Lastly, in verse 4 of our text, in verse 4 of our text, Daniel, the angel gives Daniel instructions to set up you know, the words and to seal the book. The words which Daniel was to seal up contain revelation which extend to the end of time. That he was to seal them up until the time of the end, that is when the Lord Jesus Christ shall return from heaven by you know, closing that book and, you know, and to write in it no more. The angel speaking to Daniel had finished everything that he needed to say to Daniel. And now Daniel was to you know, close that volume and to seal it by fixing a seal on it. Now that does not mean that the text revealed to Daniel will remain a secret, not at all. Now this you know, follows the old you know, Persian way of sealing a document. When that document has been copied and made you know, widely available you know, to the general public, it was sealed and placed in a library so that future generations could read it. This is only done, as I said, when the book has been widely you know, read and so on. Daniel is to guard, is to preserve and to protect you know, that book. In um, chapter 8 and verse 26, you know, the vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true. And Daniel was told to seal up the vision for it refers to many days from now. So the book is to be sealed. Everything that needed to be said has been said, just like the canon of scriptures it has been completed. The Bible is complete. We can't add to it. We can't take away from it. The canon of scriptures is complete. And so the Bible, as it were, is sealed. It's sealed up 
can't add anything to it. You can't take anything away from it. And that's exactly what the angel told them, Daniel to do, to seal the book and to and protect it. And then he finished by saying in verse 4, that many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Now the Bible tells us what the future holds. The Bible tells us about the future to the end of the world. We have it here in the Bible. It tells us how the world will end. Despite this, men and women are restless in their pursuit of knowledge. And they run to and fro to obtain this knowledge. And yet, ignorance of the future is as widespread today as it has ever been. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 7. Paul described them as ever learning, but never coming to knowledge of the truth. And that will continue. The only way they will come to the truth is to come to this book. They will have all kinds of knowledge, they will have PhDs, you know, in this PhD, in that, or whatever. It will not avail anything. You know, the knowledge they need is here, in this book. And it all focuses on the Lord Jesus Christ. By and large, people are fearful of the future nowadays and what lies ahead. That is why people hate talking about death. People don't like talking about death. Because they know deep down that there's an afterlife. But they're not sure what will be their uh, position in the afterlife. And so they don't want to talk about it. They rather avoid talking about it. What lies ahead can be revealed to them by God. And he has revealed it to them in the Bible. Sadly, it is the last book that people want to read. Oh, they read this, they read that, they go everywhere. But the Bible, no, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. And so, you know, for us who are Christians, we are in a very, very privileged position. That day will come when we will hear the Lord say to us, Come, ye blessed of my Father, enter into the joy you know, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But sadly, it will say also, depart from me, you know, to some people. May God help us, each one, to make sure that we know the Lord, that the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, and may God encourage us in these difficult days. And the days are going to get worse. Make no mistake at all about it. Things are not going to get better. Things are going to get worse. And the book of Daniel is to encourage us when those times come to know that God is in charge and that will not continue forever. A day will come when God will bring it to an end. And a day will come when the Lord will descend from heaven and oh, our life will just be starting there. What a glorious life awaits God's people.